Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We're rolling on today. Quick show. Quick show today. Good to have you. The saga continues, but the NFL remains king as their 24-7, 365 news cycle continues. You still have the Aaron Rodgers stuff going on out there. That's an obvious, but you also have uh, other things happening, like signings going on throughout free agency. You've got uh, the NFL draft uh, upcoming, uh, and we still are talking about uh, the possibility of moving quarterbacks. Uh, the NFC North, we were discussing just a little while ago. Uh, bring him in now, Brad Spielberger, our guy from uh, Pro Football Focus. And uh, you can find him at PFF underscore Brad, PFF underscore Brad. Brad, how you doing, man? Brad there. There oh, we go. Hello. I said I'm doing, oh, <laughs> I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing well. So let, let's talk free agency first and foremost. And what you what what do you like? Uh, say what teams have really kind of impressed you via free agency and the moves that they've made thus far. Yeah, I'll do one in the NFC and one in the AFC. So you know, I think the Cleveland Browns have done a very good job. Their biggest weakness last year, they ranked dead last for us in run defense grade particularly from the interior of their defensive line, that unit was 31st for our grading overall. And so adding Dalvin Tomlinson, a really good interior defensive lineman, can play nose tech, uh, can play nose tackle, can play three technique and rush the passer a little bit. I think that was their biggest need. Um, and then adding Agbania Akaronkwo, the edge rusher from the Houston Texans, they lose to Davion Clowney. They need that number two edge rusher. Um, for him last year, from week seven to the end of the season, he was top ten in pressure rate, top ten in pass rush win rate. I think a very good player uh, to play alongside Miles Garrett. So I think they've done a really good job in, in, in fixing that defense uh, with new defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. Uh, and if they get the offense back on track, they should they should be a good team. On the NFC side, the Detroit Lions have had a really good free agency. I think, again, the biggest weakness for them was the, the secondary. And to add two outside starting corners and Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley, Sutton from Pittsburgh has some inside-outside flexibility, um, is a good player. And then Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL last year in San Francisco but was playing really good football. I think it's a classic by low. And then, of course, everyone was kind of talking about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the surprising one-year flyer to go to Detroit, reunite with Aaron Glenn, who was his coach in New Orleans, um, is now the defensive coordinator of Detroit. Uh, I think they're, they have a lot of options now on the back end with where they play guys, a lot of slot options, a lot of out wide safety. I like what they've done as well. Uh, let's go with the NFC North. Uh, you mentioned the Detroit Lions. We know that the defensive side of the football was not the best for the Minnesota Vikings as well, and the Vikings are trying to somewhat address that. They still have a really solid offense, but uh, when, when it comes to the Lions and the Vikings, I still think the Vikings might be the best team in the NFC North. Do you agree or disagree, or maybe it's just right now it's a coin flip between them and the Lions? I would, I would lean towards the Detroit Lions. You know, I think the, the Vikings defense was underrated really bad last year. Um, you know, allowed 25-plus points per game. I want to say in like eight or nine games in a row to close the season. Truly could not stop anyone. I think Daniel Jones owes some money to the Minnesota Vikings defense, frankly. So, um, you know, yes, they, they did add a couple nice pieces I really like. I like bringing in Marcus Davenport on a one-year flyer from New Orleans. Aaron Murphy, the cornerback from Arizona, I think fits in, in the new system they should have with Brian Flores. Dean Lowry, the former Packer, he didn't have a great you know year in 2022, but I thought he was very effective as a pass rusher in 2021 and is a solid depth addition. So I feel like that, you know, they could be about the same on defense and be a little bit better because, of course, they do lose Dalvin Tomlinson, they do lose Patrick Peterson, um, a couple other guys. But, yeah, to me, Detroit right now, as crazy as it sounds, um, I think they are the team to beat in the NFC North. 
Where does uh, Chicago stand in all of this and the moves that they have made? I mean, they've been solid. You know, I do like the addition of Nate Davis, the guard for their interior, their offensive line. They needed to do something there. Heard a lot of good things about him, specifically in this outside zone rushing attack, which Tennessee runs a very similar, uh, you know, rushing attack, uh, you know, the last couple of years. So I like the fit there. For the defense, I get there's been some confusion of why do you trade away Roquan Smith and then go and pay a Tremaine Edmonds a similar contract. I think to them, you know, they say, hey, we got a second-round pick and we still find a player that we think is a better fit in our defense. Um, and the Bears thought Smith was more of a, a 3-4 off-ball linebacker and didn't fit as well as a, a will, a weak-side linebacker like Tremaine Edmonds should, a really good coverage player, long, rangy. I think they like him better. But for me, the biggest thing is, you know, I don't care if they have Brian Urlacher or Mike Singletary back there. Their defensive line is still one of the worst in the NFL. And so I just wonder why they allocated so many resources to linebacker when they still have such a poor defensive line. Uh, I wanted to ask about the Packers in all of this because the Packers are sitting here. Uh, they've made a couple of moves. They try to fortify their secondary, obviously letting Dean Lowry go. They've, they've cut a little bit of what I consider to be some of the dead wood off the tree, although I'm not a big fan of losing Adrian Amos and the, and the knowledge he had. And they have to fix that secondary position. But overall, they've got a solid offensive line. They've got a decent defensive front. I think they can add some depth there. They need a tight end because they're bereft of tight ends now. But where do the Packers fit in all of this? And I know the ultimate question mark is Jordan Love. But where do the Packers fit into all of this right now? Yeah, well, as you know, I mean, they don't really participate in free agency much. You know, I like guess a couple of years ago with the Smith brothers was a very surprising for them to really, you know, and I guess Adrian Amos as well. Like you said, I think they do still have a lot of pieces there. I think you're counting on growth from the draft class last year, you know, losing Dean Lowry and some other guys. You figure Devontae Wyatt steps in there and makes him more, more of an impact in his second year. The safety situation is interesting, though. There are still a lot of players available, so I wouldn't panic just yet. But it is viewed as a very poor draft class. I don't think they can count on getting a starting caliber player in the draft unless they use a really early pick there, which I don't think I would advise. So, look, I still think you shouldn't hit the panic button yet. If they believe in Jordan Love, we should probably trust them um, to figure that out. I think the offense got better and better as the year went on, and the chemistry developed with those young receivers, and they gained confidence. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think you have to do something at safety. You maybe look to add – maybe even bring Adrian Amos back if his market is not what he was hoping or look to some other players that are still out there. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they just they don't really do much in free agency, and it's worked for about 20 years, so you can't really blame them. Now we know that uh, we're waiting on the T's to be crossed, the I's to be dotted, and compensation to be had in this whole, you know, Packers, uh, you know, Jets trade scenario. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that thinks that the Packers and the Jets aren't eventually going to make a deal. So when you start to look at the trade value charts, the Jets don't really have a secondary option to Zach Wilson. Uh, the Packers could wait till after June 1st and actually seek, you know, monetary compensation by dividing up that uh, that cap hit. So it's not awful if the Packers wait until after the draft. But how do you see this whole thing going? Yeah, you know, I think the funny thing is there's been all these conversations about leverage. Who has the leverage? Who has more leverage? Realistically, for me, I think in a weird way, neither side has leverage. Like the Packers clearly do not want to you know, carry $60 million in cash on their books. I think Rodgers obviously said he'd probably rather retire, but, you know, maybe out of spite or, or whatever the case may be, if they don't trade him to a place he wants to be, he'll say, okay, I'll come in and, and I'll report and, and I'll, you know, show up when I feel like it, don't get fined or anything, but I'll let you pay me $60 million in fully guaranteed dollars and, and just maybe not have the greatest vibe around the building. And then, of course, the flip side of the Jets, 
they sit there, they let Jimmy Garoppolo go to Las Vegas, a couple other options, maybe in that veteran market, like a Jacoby Brissett or whoever the case may be, sign elsewhere, and they're picking at 13, which, yeah, maybe they could trade up for a quarterback, but, you know, they trade up for Sam Darnold, take Zach Wilson. I don't think they can, you know, rely on that route again. So in a funny way, like, neither side has a ton of leverage. I guess at this point, you kind of just let it wait. You'll, you know, fizzle out a little bit, let cooler heads prevail, and maybe something happens closer to the draft. Um, I think it does get done. I think it's more a matter of, frankly, the draft compensation. I don't think it's going to be crazy, but I think they're probably closer there. My guess is they're trying to work out this contract. Is Green Bay willing to retain maybe $10 million, $15 million in salary? I doubt they want to do that. Um, you know, but, but from the Jets' perspective, potentially bringing in a guy for one year, $60 million, you know, they can say, okay, we'll do that, and we'll give you nothing in trade compensation. And for a lot of reasons, obviously, optics included, Green Bay doesn't want to go that route. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's not just as easy as saying, hey, we'll give you a one and, and the deal is done. I mean, I, th- there has to be trade compensation. And I know Rodgers had talked about that the number that is will not be the number he plays for. So do you think that a restructure of that deal is also something that is kind of a fly in the ointment in all of this? Yeah, potentially. You know, but at this point, maybe he is having conversations with the Jets about what he'd be willing to do um, and how he can rework his contract to make it more you know, amenable from a cash perspective. The cap, I don't think, is a concern. But for, from a cash perspective, you know, just not wanting to go into, like I said, maybe paying $60 million for one season of the guy, um, it, it's a scary proposition. So it's possible that that is more of the holdup, and they're looking to maybe, like I said, chop 10 or $15 million off of that number, and that makes it a little bit more, you know, amenable to them. But it does seem like there also is something going on between the teams themselves, uh, and it's not just a Rodgers issue at this point. Um, I also wanted to ask you because uh, people tend to look at this as, hey, if the Jets get Rodgers, man, they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't even think they're the best team in their division. Do you? I think they're still a hair below the Buffalo Bills um, in that division, but I think it's really, really close. I think the thing is New York's quarterback play last year was below replacement level. Like It wasn't just bad. It wasn't just below average. It was literally these guys should not be playing in the NFL level bad. And I think Mike White is a solid backup. <laughs> Find a solid deal with the Miami Dolphins, but gets hurt right away with, in a game against the Buffalo Bills Then tries to play through that a little bit. So we weren't even seeing a healthy Mike White, um, and we're already talking about a guy that is a journeyman, you know, backup quarterback at best. So that, to me, is if Rodgers can come in, if he can, hey, maybe recruit a couple more guys, get Mercedes Lewis in there, get a couple other players he's apparently advocating for. Like I said, I agree with you. They're just below the Bills, but I think it's really, really close. I don't think it's some big gap between them and the Buffalo Bills. To the roster outside of quarterback, to me, the Jets are ahead of the Bills by a decent margin. First couple of weeks of the season, uh, Tua was fantastic. They put up 42 against the Ravens. They get a win, and obviously he got hurt against Buffalo, hurt again against Cincinnati, and after that he was down for a while. Then when he comes back, he starts to play well. Uh, if Tua comes back and he's completely – all the concussion symptoms are gone, he plays extremely well, is is Miami that team that's just also a hair below Buffalo? A hundred percent, and I'm glad you went there because I think if you look at this market, you know, if you were looking to bet on it or something of that nature, the Dolphins are third in odds right now, and it's a, it's a decent drop. It's about – so the Bills are around even money. The Jets are about plus 220, so, you know, 2.2 to 1. And the Dolphins are all the way down at about 3.5 to 1, plus 350 in that range. And to me, you are basically betting on Tua Tagovailoa staying healthy. But, look, the team already exercised his fifth-year option. They're the first team of any to exercise the option on that 2020 draft class, which I think is a showing of confidence. 
a sign of belief in both his ability and his health. And I love what they've done, not just the Jalen Ramsey splash. I think bringing in David Long, the linebacker from Tennessee, was an under-radar under phenomenal signing. I do. I think they are a dark horse. If, again, huge if, Tua stays healthy, they could they could easily win that division in my eyes. Uh, real quick, if you're going to kind of label, because I, I, I really believe that eventually Baltimore and Lamar Jackson are going to come to some sort of an agreement, whether it's just he's playing for the franchise tag or what, but... Uh, I know that there, everybody's very silently breathing collusion in all of this, but give me your thoughts on Lamar Jackson because I just get the sense that uh, people like the guy, they just don't want to give out guaranteed money for a running quarterback that's going to take a lot of hits. Yeah, to me, I think the collusion thing as it relates to not wanting to do the contract, I don't necessarily agree with. Like you said, not even just a running quarterback, any court, any player in the NFL Teams do not want to follow this precedent. I mean, Aaron Rodgers led the NFL in fully guaranteed at signing dollars at $101.5 million before Deshaun Watson got 230 So more than double the next highest player, and I don't think any team wants to even come close to that number. Um, like I said, whether it's Lamar Jackson, who, you know, I agree, there are, you know, he missed five games at the end of the last two seasons. That is part of it as well. But for me, where I, if you want to, you know, shout collusion and get into the weeds of the conspiracy theories a little bit, to me, the fact that he gets franchise tagged, and then an hour later, we have about a half a dozen teams coming out. And look, not just through you know the usual mouthpieces of the NFL, the big-name reporters. We saw the Atlanta Falcons team reporter who works for the club and, and posts on their official website. And, and all respect to those people, but they don't get scoops. They don't put out original information. It's not really their job. That was bizarre to me. And, and I think, A, the guaranteed money is part of it. But, B, not having an agent, uh, the league does not like it. We've seen it cause problems. Um, you know, it sounds like there was an article today that someone is calling around the league on behalf of Lamar Jackson trying to drum up trade interest, which is not supposed to happen, um, not supposed to be legal in, in the current situation. So that, I think, is also an underrated aspect of this is, A, I agree with you on the contract, and then, B, I think there is kind of some, you know, teams are viewing it or, or, or the way they're talking about him. If he had a big power broker agent, I don't think you see those tweets coming out, you know, an hour after he gets franchise tagged. Great stuff as always, Brad. I appreciate it. And as uh, we get closer to the draft and teams start to have uh, more maneuvering going on, we'll talk again, okay? Sounds great. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. There you go. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. You can get his stuff at PFF underscore Brad. At PFF underscore Brad. Always good to get him on the program. Uh, wealth of information for those guys over there at Pro Football Focus, too. Good, good stuff. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at JNL Tire Service and Service Centers. And the one just uh, right there in Johnson Creek is right off of 94. Uh, they have a huge facility for tractor trailers. So if you're out over the road, you have some tire issues, brake issues, trailer issues, whatever it happens to be, or cab issues. Whatever it is, they have got uh, they have got a facility for you. Or if you're just uh, cruising around in the van, the uh, taking the team out uh, this weekend, uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, you know, getting ready for uh, the upcoming season, soccer, and you need an oil change. They can do that, too. Trust them. And the best part about it is the whole gang, they do a lot of stuff philanthropically in their community. They're really, really good people. Lyle and his staff, they just do so much. They're honest. They're good, good people. And uh, they, they get it done, and they get it done right. Get a hold of our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. There's one in Johnson Creek just above 94. You can't miss it from the highway. Then there's another one out there in Watertown on Boulder Road. So either place you can't go wrong. Check out our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
always, uh, when I was looking for my house, I needed to kind of get pre-qualified. Everybody goes through that if you buy a house. Or if you're looking to uh, to get money out of your house. And uh, uh, Scott Ellis was the guy that helped me. And uh, I've talked about him time and again as far as being available all the time. Whether it was a text message, email, or I just picked up the phone and called him. He was always available, always a good guy. And I know right now the markets are weird, and they're trying to slow down housing, and they're trying to slow down inflation and raising interest rates, but he has got what's called the 2-1 buy-down. And if I told you right now, instead of 65 or 7% or 7.5, that you could maybe do 4.5, I think it would raise some eyebrows, right? Ooh. Uh, get a hold of Scott. He's guy, and I don't, again, I don't claim to know all this stuff, but he does. And uh, he is the one that steered me in the right direction, and I sit here today happily at uh, just under 3% interest on my house and my mortgage. So uh, I'm telling you, he was, he did a phenomenal job for me. Now, granted, the, the market was a little different then, but still did a, a great job. Call him, 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771. That's my buddy Scott Ellis in Homeside Financial, and you can ask him about the 2-1 buy-down, among other things. But you might as well put your money uh, to work for you, too, if you've got a house, and you're looking to maybe pull some uh, pull some equity out of that, pay off your bills, and just start sitting pretty until the market comes back. Uh, again, get a hold of them, 414-791-7771, um, Got a lot of stuff to get to, man. Uh, there is a, an article uh, Bill Huber had out, and I wanted to kind of go over this. That the Packers, obviously, they, uh, it's been reported they want at least a first round draft choice for Aaron Rodgers. We just talked about this. That's what that. That's what the ask is. So for everybody else that's saying uh, one, two twos, a three, a player, it's no. It's just what you're doing is you're trying to get out from underneath some of the salary, and you like to get a draft choice in return. Uh, the Packers know that the Jets need Rodgers. They've got some leverage in their favor. Now the Jets, they know that the Packers they want to start Jordan Love. They want to get out from underneath Aaron Rodgers' contract and have some leverage in that favor as well. It's going to take these two teams to eventually come off the schneid and and meet somewhere. Something's got to give, and it will. Uh, they're going to cross the T's, dot the I's, get all this stuff done, as we mentioned, and eventually it's also going to come down to to Rodgers and and uh, you know the contract and what they end up doing and or restructuring or whatever. They're going to make it happen. Uh, there's really no plan B at quarterback for the Jets right now. There isn't even a competent backup available in free agency at this point, let alone a quarterback good enough to elevate the rest of this team. Remember, that's the big thing here. You know, people say, well, once Matthew Stafford gets into the mix and they start looking at him, it's like he's he's not Aaron Rodgers. Matthew Stafford's good. He's not great. Rodgers is great. Now, whether or not he returns to greatness, well, I'll have to wait and see. But there is no there's, – there's not another guy out there – of Aaron Rodgers' ilk. Uh, the Packers can't be burdened by the contract of a quarterback who's no longer in their plans as well. We all understand that. And a team executive continues to believe that Rodgers is indeed worth a first-round pick, even given the financial considerations. But if the Jets, if they don't want to give it up, remember, they need a left tackle as well. And at number 13, that's kind of a sweet spot to get that particular player. So here's the workaround. Would this be acceptable? A 2023 second-round pick a 2023 third-round pick, and conditional picks in 2024. If you look at the, quote, Rich Hill trade value chart, the Jets slot with uh, those day two picks in 2023 add up to the equivalent of a 29th pick in the first round, 
So it's not a first rounder like the Packers would want, but it could be the equivalent thereof. It's just not the 13th pick of the first round. Now, value, yeah, but getting that guy, that's a whole different story. I mean, like I said, if I had my druthers, I would grab with the 13th and the 15th overall. I would, depending on what you have to do to get Jalen Carter, maybe you take that pick and you move up or you watch him fall, what have you. But, man, add that guy next to Devontae Wyatt. Add that guy next to uh, next to Kenny Clark. If, indeed, you've talked to him and you believe he's all in, and because there is a condition about his weight at the Combine, obviously he's had some character issues, but that would be a guy in, in a perfect world that, man, if you could add him in the defensive trenches, I'd go that, and then I'd go in Jigba. I'd add another weapon to the offense to give you Christian Watson and Jigba and then uh, Romeo Dobbs and Samari Torre. And then you're you're not you're not terrible. You probably need another um, you probably need another uh, veteran wide out to really kind of fortify that group. Uh, but for the sake of example, let's say Rodgers leads the Jets to an AFC Championship game. If they lose that game and wind up with the 28th pick uh, of every round, the combined value of the day two picks in 2023 and the two picks in 2024 become the equivalent of a 21st pick. You follow me? No, probably not. I don't either. I, I get it, but I don't. Um, now, if Rodgers leads the Jets to a Super Bowl, that third rounder could become a first rounder. If the Jets don't win the championship, but Rodgers returns for the 2024 season, that third rounder could become a second rounder. Uh, if Rodgers wins the Super Bowl and becomes and comes back for another season, maybe those picks are elevated to a first and a third or something like that. Uh, it's all based on value. But yeah, you just keep going through this. And if Goody... Uh, is wrong on Jordan Love, he's going to get fired uh, because if Aaron wins a Super Bowl for the Jets and the Packers stink, he's probably going to get canned. Uh, so he needs those picks uh, now to give Jordan Love the best chance for success as well. So I, I still say uh, if I'm the Packers, uh, I want a that I want that 13th pick. That's, what, that's probably what the Jets don't want to give up and what the Packers want, and that's the only holdup in all of this. And eventually it's going to come down to the desperation of both. So if you're going to get to this thing and you're going to get real close to, say, draft day, and if you're the Packers, you're going to say, you want to hold off on that? That's fine. Okay? We're not losing anything at this point. Who's losing in this deal? Right? Who's losing? The Packers or the Jets? If you get past draft day, the Packers would be losing. Okay, that leverage I understand. But the compensation to that is, okay, well, now you're not going to get him until well after June 1st because then we can start separating that money. Then we can go ahead and make a move after that, and we can start moving that money around. So you don't hurt us at all other than get, we don't get something that we don't have anyway, right? And then the Jets, who want to get him into camp, who want to get him there and start working with the young guys, he can't even talk to them now if the Packers say, you're done. We'll trade you when we're ready. And that's it. That's it. So both sides have a desperation. Both sides have a need. It's just a matter of, I don't want to say who's going to blink first, but let let the dust settle. And I, I still think the Packers have the upper hand because the worst thing that could happen would be if Roger says, I'm done, I'm retiring. They say, okay, that's fine. Retire after June 1st. We'll split the money up. You go away, we still own you. Even if you wanted to come back, we still got your rights. 
Meanwhile, New York, you got a pretty good team. And who's your quarterback? Zach, Zach, Zach Wilson. That's the guy that most of the teammates hated. They didn't like him. He wasn't that good. He didn't take any responsibility. And your backup is who? Oh, a cup of air. There you go. Enjoy yourself. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to call us, uh, do it. Would love to hear from you. This one's from Rob. Rob says, 100% agree. Let Rodgers sit. Let the Jets sit. The Packers don't have to make a move until you get to day one of the regular season. Uh, Chris says, uh, the deal that works the best is when both sides come to an agreement and it works out for both. The only way it works out for both is if Jordan Love is good and so is Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers still get a first-round draft choice for Rodgers and his services. Then the deal would work for everyone. Otherwise, this is going to be something that just gets uglier as time goes on. Uh, Jeff says, uh, in Goody we trust. Yeah, right. He was the guy that drafted Jordan Love and started this whole thing. Why don't they just get rid of Aaron Rodgers now for whatever it is the Jets are willing to give up and move on already? If your guy is so damn good, then have more belief than hanging on for a first-round draft choice for something you really don't deserve. You're getting rid of a Hall of Famer. Shame on you. That's from Jeff. Jeff, appreciate the email. There you go. A vast array of opinions, I would say. A vast array of opinions. We're going to step out. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and more of your phone calls. Oh, we got a lot of stuff we can go. We can touch on. We can touch on the World Baseball Classic. Did you enjoy it? We can touch on the Badgers win last night. As the Badgers continue to effort towards the uh, the finals of the NIT, we can talk about that. Uh, we can talk about uh, golf, if you choose, where they want to put restrictions on the flight of golf balls to uh, shorten the distances because they're, they're just mashing up a lot of these courses because of technology. The Live Tour seems to be failing faster than anybody would have thought. So that's going on. And anything else that we can conjure up throughout the day. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends, the uh, Water Doctors today on the Morning Blend on uh, TMJ4 locally uh, here in the area as they uh, promoting the water softening system that is the uh, the Connecticut water softening system. Go to H2 and the letter O, H2Odoctors.com. That's H2Odoctors.com. But I've been uh, been talking about this Connecticut water softening system, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, I think about it every time. I think about this these commercials every time, uh, whether it's drinking water uh, showering, or I'm thinking about, uh, you know, throwing the laundry in, whatever it happens to be. 262-549-7733. 262-549-7733. Get a hold of my buddy, John Atley over there, anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, by that, for the, for that matter. And they can help you out. And uh, if they don't uh, service your area, that's fine. They'll get you in touch with the nearest Connecticut water softening system dealer there. But uh, John does a tremendous job and they give back to the community. They work with custom canine service dog Academy and helping veterans with service dogs. So you can round up your equipment, your service, your supply, your salt order uh, to the nearest dollar, $10, a whole lot more, and all of that money goes to the Custom Canine Service Dog Academy, and it helps get uh, service animals for uh, veterans in need. So they do a lot of great work. But uh, get a hold of John and the gang at the Water Doctors, 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. Um, 
This was for Brad. Brad says, uh, I enjoyed watching the World of Baseball Classic. Couldn't believe that Mike Trout went down swinging the way he did last night, but kudos to Otani for what he did and the moment he was living in. A lot of players have talked about that being a World Series type of atmosphere. I heard Devin Williams say the exact same thing. Thoughts on maybe some players getting experience in the World Baseball Classic and that carrying over to the regular season. I think for hitters, pitchers, what have you, I, I think the biggest concern, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is is pitchers getting worn out and going all in and throwing gas maybe before they're ready uh, and how much that could or may not affect them in the regular season, I, I don't know. I think that's really the only concern. Otherwise, I don't. I don't see a downside to any of this, except for uh, you know an injury, of course. But uh, but I I have not heard many players, if any, talk about a negative side of the World Baseball Classic. Ben, have you heard anything negative about the World Baseball Classic other than the Mets closer jumping around and losing a knee because of it? No, I I've not. And again, I mean, they're playing spring training baseball games where players have gotten hurt there. So, I mean, what's the difference between the two? I mean, to me, yes, the one thing that concerns me is pitching and the ramp up period and then the ramp down to ramp back up. And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. love it for my starters to go. But think about, like, getting used to the moment where a, a lot of guys on the Brewers, for instance haven't been to well, most of them have not been to a world series so they don't know what that moment is like and you mentioned i mean trout's never i've been in the playoffs once but in general experience wise yes it can get you hot and and it's great to to see the team come together and all that but think about getting used to the big moment because the entire tournament pretty much is one so you come back to the mlb and i mean probably fewer fans probably uh, the atmosphere isn't as crazy in some places Right, but but now you've you've gone through it. Well, especially if you go to a team that doesn't have, you know, postseason and or World Series aspirations, you go back to playing in front of ten thousand people, and it's kind of ho hum. And yeah, I mean this this was a charged electric atmosphere uh, for every game. I, I thought it was really entertaining, and I and again I didn't sit down and watch every game as many many baseball fans did. But, I mean, I, I do appreciate the fact that Rob Manfred has already stated, what is it, 2026, 20, I think? Yep. They've already said it's back four years. for sure. Yeah, three, four years, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, certainly last night was a lot of fun. I uh, sat downstairs at the bar last night and had a beverage and, and watched both that and the Badger game, as a matter of fact. Uh, but I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, I did not have a problem with it. Um, I also think it's cool as a baseball snob and somebody who follows the minor leagues probably too closely to see mm-hmm. the Japanese team of guys that are either like Shohei's in the MLB. One of their best players is going to the Red Sox this year, but a bunch of guys that will be able to sign in three or four years that are right. just incredible at baseball. Right. And to see like all the talent they have over there that guys that could end up being the faces of some franchises when they're yeah. able to come sign. It's cool the to see money, all that. The money. That, again, this is where it, it the Brewers are completely out. The money that can be given to those players and money paid to buy them from their teams, if they're like, like an Otani, if they have that level of capability, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it's, it's, it, it's huge, and the Brewers cannot get into that kind of money. 
Otani's going to get 600 mil, I think. Right? If not more. He might deserve more. De- de- well, depending depending on how many years they go. But, yeah, I agree with you. He's He'll be your, your you know, half a billion dollar player. We were we've all been waiting for that 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 fifty million dollar a year guy. He's going to the freaking Mets. It's gonna suck. Five hundred million over ten years, fifty million and fifty million a year. We all know it's coming, which is ridiculous, but we all know it's coming. But that's where baseball is headed to the point that you don't have the ability if you're the Brewers to even be in on a guy like that. It's not about. It, it, it's it's to me. I, I get in the NFL that certain teams that have a all-star player or a Pro Bowl level player like an Aaron Rodgers, those guys eat up a lot of money. I understand all of that, but usually anybody that's on the open market, almost every team has a fair shot at going after. In baseball, they don't, and that's the inherent evil of baseball. That's my argument. It's not to be whether or not their teams are good or their teams aren't good and who has and hasn't made the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. To me, it's about whether or not teams have a legitimate level playing field in trying to be able to compete for players to make their teams better and whether or not they actually have that ability. And that's one of the disappointing things when it comes to to, to, to the Brewers and to small market baseballs, you know, most of these small market teams, they don't even have this. It's like, oh, here here comes Otani. Oh, great, he's going to be on the open market. <laughs> okay, great. We we have no shot. We have no capability of going after that guy. None. Not unless we've got a farm system stocked with a, a ton of 10-year guys that have zero eligibility for arbitration, and all we're going to do is just keep them under our thumb for the next five years. Oh, they were going to get Juan Soto, though. They were in on the Juan Soto talks. Right. <laughs> My point exactly. No, I agree they're, with you. They're I, in on the Juan Soto talks, but yet, you know, we, it, you got to get rid of uh, what was arguably at the time the best reliever in baseball. Why? Because of money. So. I do think the Otani, I like the Otani, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, all of the big, big free agents, I completely agree with you. I also don't think that excuses in any way cost cutting on 700,000 to not come, like bring back one of your best relievers, right? Like like that right. is the realm that I that I'm with you the playing field's not level. I also think blame should be placed on the owners and the GM when on the more minuscule level they just don't make basic decisions to help the team that aren't right. at that crazy scale. Mm-hmm. Because they they are able to do that stuff. Well, I agree with that. And in the in the other side of the coin, I also think that the players have a legitimate gripe when you look at specific teams and you say, okay, Major League Baseball in general, when you talk about team payrolls, you got $335 million for the New York Mets. Meanwhile, the Oakland A's are $40 million. I, th- that's disgraceful. I mean, I, I, I believe, now I, who am I to throw people's money around, but you look at this year, this, this 2023 team payroll right now, the Brewers are 19th in Major League Baseball at 106.6 million. 106.6 million. And they're still the New York Mets are 335 million. The Yankees are 267 million. The Padres are 200 the Padres 236 million. The Phillies 231 million. The Dodgers 217 million. Toronto 206 million. The Angels 202 million. Then you get under 200 million. Then you got the Braves at 187. 
You got a lot of a lot of the major. Look at the Cubs. The Cubs aren't even supposed to be a team that's supposed to be decent, and they're one hundred and seventy three million dollars. The league average is one hundred and forty seven million. The Brewers are sitting at one hundred and six, but you've got the Oakland A's at forty million dollars. Forty million. The New York Mets are three hundred and fifteen million more than the Oakland A's. There is a massive disparity in baseball when it comes to the ability to field a decent team. And the A's, they they just they the A's, the Orioles, the Pirates, the Rays, they're just they're all just tanking. Even the Reds, the Reds are only seventy million. They they're not expected to do much. They're, they got a lot of youth, but. That that's to me where it's like if you if if the owners were serious about salary caps and, and about being able to control all of this, they would put in a ceiling and they would put in a floor. And at this point in time, every team should be 120 million at least, and no team should go over 220 million or 250 million. You know? That to be that that to me is the sweet spot for Major League Baseball in both. And then everybody becomes somewhat competitive. But, you know, when you got a team like Oakland trying to say we're a Major League Baseball team, get excited about A's baseball at $40 million, it's like, come on. Just, just you know, just burn that place down and get it over with already. Just fold. Just get rid of it. How many that's guys even, in their starting right. lineup do you think you can, that you recognize? If I go through it. Just to oh. guess. Out of the nine starters, not the pitchers, how many do you think you, you genuinely recognize? I can think of just a couple off the top of my head. I can think of Jace Peterson. Um, well, I can go through it. I mean, just name-wise. Okay. I know. Uh, who's it uh, first for them? Jesus Aguilar? DH, yep. DH, okay. Uh, after that, I, I have Trevor May, I think. But I, I don't – there's not many people on that, that roster that you're going to recognize. It's Tony Kemp, Ramon Laureano, okay. who I do love, and I wanted the Brewers to trade okay. for. Laureano, Laureano, I remember. Seth Brown. Don't know him. No. Aguilar, Jace Peterson. Okay. Their catcher is Shea Langeelers. No idea. Connor Capel, Nick Allen, and Esteri Ruiz. Holy crap. How many of those guys are, like, coming out of AAA? How many well, of those guys lot. are even, are they? I was going to say, it has to be, like, almost a AAA team. Asteri Ruiz was on the Brewers. He was part of the, I forget which trade. Um, Maybe. The Correct me if I'm, is it, isn't, isn't Pena their catcher? Do they, do they have Pena still on the team, Manuel Pena? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, it's a uh, That's a bad baseball team. But that's that's the issue that I going back to the original crux of the argument, that's the issue I have with Major League Baseball. I mean, it's it's just such a disparity to where teams like the Brewers, they they can't even they can't even get into a discussion about certain things just because in the grand scheme of things, though, their market isn't far from San Diego's market. 
when you look at all of the like market size stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, San Diego is going nuts spending. I don't know. Right. I sit back. I still think it's more possible than maybe I'm optimistic, but I think right. it's possible. I think it's part of a an ownership philosophy. Not to the um, Mets level, but to, no, to no, no, a no, no. competitive uh, level. Right, right. No, that I would agree with. Yeah, look, there's arguments to be made on both sides. The players, they don't want to give up those high salaries. They don't want the owners to put a salary cap in. As they've already stated, we will never, ever accept a salary cap. And the owners, they don't ever want to open their books. They don't want to show what they're actually making. I guarantee the owners of the Oakland A's aren't losing money. Guarantee that. They're rolling in it. They just want to move that team as soon as they're able. So they'll be off. They'll, they'll, they'll be gone. They'll probably be another, you know, Vegas, Vegas East team. So they'll be gone. But the owners are never going to say, take a look at what we got. Here you go. It, it, that, that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When I think of Lord life, my head turns all around. As gentle as a butterfly, she moves without a sound. I call her on the telephone, she sends me hell by head. The night's the night, she's moving in, and I can't hardly wait. Oh, when she moves, ooh, all I gotta say is, Lord, I gotta sleep together. Welcome back to the Michael Show. Uh, from our buddy, Zach Rosenblatt, uh, of The Athletic in uh, New York, uh, covering the Jets, says that it seems like, uh, you know, early January since the Jets have been waiting for Aaron Rodgers. But they feel that uh, both sides are going to end up meeting in the middle. Jets quarterback or Jets will get, he. this would be the proposed trade he has. His thoughts are, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers and a 2023 late-round pick. Packers get the 2023 second round pick, which is number 43 overall, a conditional 2024 third round pick, and a wide receiver, either Corey Davis or Denzel Mims. Would you be good with that, Ben? Say that again. The Packers give up Rodgers and a pick. Packers give up Rodgers and the 2023, a 2023 late round pick, like fifth or sixth or seventh round pick. Sure. Packers get the 2023 second round pick, a conditional 2024 third round pick, which could move, and a wide receiver, either Corey Davis or Denzel Mims. I don't, I mean, I think the Jets are going to cut those guys anyway. See, I agree, too. And, why, why would you want somebody you're going to get cut? And, and Zach said that on our show, that Corey Davis might be the odd man out given his money situation with all the young guys right. they have. So unless it's Elijah Moore or one of the receivers that actually could, could make a big difference, I don't think I would. I think I would stand pat. I'm fine giving up the late-round pick, but if I'm going to get a, a second and a conditional future pick 
and a wide receiver that I can maybe sign anyway, I, I don't think that's enough. See, I'll, Davis, to me, I, I don't want the trade because I don't want the $10, $11 million hit. And he's he's also been a guy that's been a little bit banged up. Mims, on the other hand, he's not owed a lot in the base salary, uh, but considering his fourth or fifth on the depth chart, it's not like he's going to come into Green Bay and light it up. You know what I mean? Oh, he has 42 career catches I, over three yeah, years. I, that's like, not it. Don't, don't, don't give us, you know, a, a throw in. Don't give us your garbage. Because you just don't you don't want the trash anymore. Because we can go pick through your trash once you put it out on the curb. We got another hour yet to go. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders. Got to give them a call though. They can help you out with low T, more energy, better mental clarity, better mood, better stamina. Help you out with the all-in-one weight loss program, and it works. But you can't do anything if you don't pick up the phone. 414-455-4454. Five, one. More of the Bill Michael Show next.